I've never been a person that held my tongue too well when it comes down to what God wants, okay? Let me plug up my little, I think I'm, I'm, I'm messing myself up. <laughs> Let me get my little uh, thing straight. There we go. It ain't, it ain't long enough. All right, amen. And for us as believers, we have to take correction. I took a lot of correction in my life. I've had men of God tell me things, and they were right. You ever got to talking to some people, and, and you know, you, you, you're telling them something, and they know what you're saying is true, but they deny it. You ever had that kind of people? I mean, they, they argue with you, and, and you know, you, 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 got, you got the evidence, and, and still they deny it. How many know that God is right and you're wrong? <laughs> Come on, somebody. If God tells you something, then it ought to be right. No, it is right. I hate to bust some religious people's bubbles, but God ain't wrong. <laughs> God never makes a mistake. The infallible word, that means the word is, un, it's, it, there's no mistake there. I mean, his word is true. There's no way that you can change it. It means it's always right. There's no mistakes in the word of God. When God speaks, he speaks the infallible word. So when God says something, it's right. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I said, when God says something, it's right. I might say something that ain't right. Believe it or not, preachers have opinions, and sometimes they ain't right. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I was looking for my Bible. Just I'm glad I found it. But there's preachers that preach without a Bible. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Listen, when I was coming here when I was young, there ain't nobody in this church I didn't see didn't have a Bible. Oh. Come on. They didn't bring their iPad or their, of course, there was no iPad. There was no iPad. But I like using mine. Sometimes I'm exercising my head. I let the, the Bible read to me. You know what I'm saying? I, I hear it. But when I came to church, that's how they knew you was coming to church. You had your Bible. <laughs> Listen, in the last few years, I'm going to be honest with you, it shocked me how many people don't have a Bible going to church. Not some people use their iPhones, whatever. That's their business. That's their conviction, okay? But I personally like to have a Bible to come to church with. I don't think it makes me more righteous than anybody else, but it's, there's, a, there's a testimony there, okay? And in that Bible, they have laws. Now, can a church operate without law? No, it can't. You're not saved by it, but it still has. Listen, you get up here. Suppose, I see that already. I told somebody the other day. Suppose the president would get up tomorrow and the vice president and, and all the people in Washington say, we've already in every law. There's no more laws in America. You can kill and steal and rape and, and molest and Burn all you want. Nobody's going to stop you. It's almost like that right now. <laughs> How long would America last? Not even a day. 
Because somebody broke the law. Now, I'm not, I don't believe the law saves you. At least what Paul said, the law is a schoolmaster. It brings you to Christ. And that's not what I'm preaching about. But there's some laws that God gives to the Christian. And one of them is to come to church. <laughs> come on, somebody. Uh-oh. God, listen, I can't go to your house and pull you to church. You have a responsibility if you're healthy, if you can be here, if you're part of this fellowship, then you're to be here, okay? And that's your responsibility. I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10 real quick, and I'm going to show you something tonight. Anybody in here knows me, knows that I mean, I've always come to church. And I'm not preaching something I haven't done. When we came here, me and my wife, how long ago, Jen? <laughs> my, 35 years ago. I'm telling you, my, my daughter, Lane, is 37, 30. How old is she right now? She's going to be 38. And she was six months old when we first came here. I remember it. And we made a commitment, and I didn't have to come to the pastor. I didn't have to come to, I knew. There's something inside of me knew you had to come to church. Okay? You remember, I spoke a minute ago about God having instructions. Why do we come to church? I mean, you ever ask yourself a question? What are we here for? Let me, let me give my spot first. There we go. <laughs> Chapter 10, verses uh, 25. Why do you come to church? Sure ain't coming to see me. <laughs> we come here to hear from God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And God orchestrated. The first thing I knew I had to do when I got saved, me and my wife committed our life to Jesus, is to find us a church. Okay? And we found a church and we came here. Of course, we left a little time, but God always brings us back. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. There's a bond to this place and to the people in this place that I've always connected to. I love the people that are here. I love the people that were here. Those that are going to meet the Lord, love them to death. I still can remember things I learned. And I carry those things, Kevin, in my spirit. Come on, Holy Ghost. You understand what I'm saying? I carry the love of God that I learned in this very building. Now, if I got saved, I don't need a preacher, and I don't need a... I don't need a uh, People go to church. That's just hypocrites that go to church. Let me tell you something. I'd rather go to church than go to hell with them. <laughs> come on, somebody. I don't come to church to please hypocrites. I don't even come to church to please the preacher. <laughs> My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I came here to honor God, okay? And honor God, that's what I'm going to do. 
Because you're not going to hear what you're going to hear tonight in the world. The world's message is you don't need a preacher. You don't need a church. Well, that's a lie. You need to be in church. You need to come and hear the word of God. Listen, we had some people here Sunday and new people that come. And I preached. And you know what? I'm going to believe that the seed that was sown in these people's heart is going to sprout out. It's going to take root, Sister Kathy. (laughs) Something's going to happen. It did for me and my wife. I tell you, many times, the first time I came in those doors as a young Christian, the first thing I noticed Automatically, nobody had to come tell me anything. I felt the love of God. That was what I started with when I first walked in those doors. Because the people had it. <laughs> you know, when you're in the midst of some people that love people, you can feel it. You know, must, it was kind of like people say, well, I love my wife that way. No, you don't. It's not the same way. It's not the same kind of love as affection, love for your wife or your husband. That's great if you do that. But I'm talking about there was something spiritual about it. You know, it's something that grabbed me. So, so I still talk about it today, 30-something years later. The first thing I noticed when I came into church, this church, was the love of God. Amen. Come on, somebody. That's the first thing I noticed. All, all, off the top. And that was great because I started my walk with God like that. I started my coming to church feeling that. The thing that I'm experiencing right now, and I see God doing some work here, and I thank God for it. I see people gotten lazy. They've ignored the, the gathering together of the saints. They, they, it's not... There's no, listen, when I, when I first, I seen people sitting here, they had passion for God, man. I think, listen, you couldn't, you couldn't shake them out of church with, with a tornado coming down the road, hallelujah. It was just there. The passion for God was there. And that's how me and my wife first got started when we first came here. The love for God was there. The passion for church, the passion for the gospel was there. It, and listen, I, I get excited when I can watch a preacher. And you can see the love for the, the gospel. You can see the passion for souls. You can see the passion. He's not in it to get rich. He's in it for souls. And I like preachers like that. That's, that's why I turn off Kenneth Copeland and I turn off Jesse Duplantis and I turn off, because these guys are nothing but crooks. Spiritual pimps. And I'm not picking on, I'm talking about what I see out of their mouth. $24 million airplanes they want. They already got five, four, or five of them. It's not enough. And, you know, the Bible says this calls them a filthy lucre. The love of money is the root of all evil. Didn't say money was the root of all evil. The love, all that comes out of this guy's mouth is how much they can prosper. I'm not lying to you, brothers and sisters. I don't want to pick on preachers tonight. But I heard Kenny Copeland said he's about he's almost a billionaire. A billionaire? You know what a billion dollars is? 
And he didn't bash for the brag on it. You know where he got that money from? Some poor lady or some poor man that can't hardly pay their electric bill telling them if you sow this seed, God's going to take care of all your debts. You're going to be debt free. That's a lie. Because if you just sow in, listen, I, I believe in sowing. I believe in giving to the work of God. That's not what I'm saying. Now, don't misconfuse me. But I'm not sure I'm going to tell you if you give to this church, all your debts are going to be paid off. The only people getting rich is these preachers. Are you listening to me tonight? Please believe me. And don't think I don't pray for them. I ask God for their souls. But you see what I'm saying is that church is a business for them. Church has become how rich they can get. How much money they can I heard one guy say, one of those preachers, they got trucks delivering truckloads of money to these preachers. I mean, in trucks, bro. I mean, bringing, bringing them money in trucks. I was watching the other day, and, and listen, I watch them, but I don't watch them too often because it gets me too, too angry. And my wife said, you know, let your blood pressure go up. <laughs> it does frustrate me. They had a preacher, he was preaching about money. The people were running, throwing money at his feet. All he was walking on the money. That man needs to get saved. Come on, somebody. And he's one one saying that. I mean, my wife heard him. It just grieved me, Sister Kathy. Said, "You looking for peace?" Said, "Don't tell me God's going to give you peace. If you don't have no money, you don't have no peace." I said, my God, what a blasphemous statement. That preacher said, my wife heard it too. If you not, don't have any money, you don't got no peace. So don't ask God for no peace. He ain't born again. That man, that man needs, to, needs to get his life, needs to get right with God. My peace comes from the Father. Not how much money I got in the bank. Not how many big cars I'm driving. My, my joy is in the Lord. Hallelujah. Because church has become a commercial thing for some people. Let's see how big we can build our church. Let's see how much, how much cattle we can bring into our stall, so to speak. They, they, they made it almost like, a, like a, a herding system. Like how many sheep, how many cattle are you going to get? How many, listen, let me tell you something. The seed sowing process in the Bible is right. You sow to the hand, you sow sparingly, God will, you get sparingly. You spoke bountifully, you give, you give much to the work of God, God will bless you much. I didn't write that. Because my message here is, listen, I've never even preached. I mentioned tithes once in eight months. Because I didn't feel that that's where I wanted to go. But you know you're responsible to support this work, Okay. You're so responsible as a Christian to sow into God's work. And that's the principle of the church. The church depends on the tithes and offerings of, of the, 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 the people to, to continue paying the bills. You know, doing what we have to do. Amen. Now, let me read my verse. <laughs> okay. What does it say again in 25? 
but exhorting one another. So much more as you see that day. But what day? The coming of Christ. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. I feel the presence of God. Listen to me. I want to come to church. I want to talk to you, brother. I want to talk to you. Okay. That's Kathy, my mom. Just Teresa. All of us, we're there to encourage one another. That's what it's about. This church is not about me. <laughs> it's not. It's about Jesus. It's how we can exhort and encourage and build one another up. Because you're going to get out that door and there's a devil waiting for you. You hear what I'm saying? And he's, he's coming with both guns. How you defeat the devil? Of what God taught you from the mouth of a preacher. Come on, somebody. Listen, you can defeat him. God has given you power over all the powers of the enemy. The Bible says that. And nothing by any means shall hurt you. You know what I learned in verses that? Coming to church. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You know what I learned about the coming of Christ? Coming to church. You know what I learned about forgiving others and forgive, asking God to forgive me? Coming to church. You know what I learned about healings? which I've gotten a couple of them, coming to church. Yeah. Oh, you're going to listen to me. <laughs> Where do you get all the promises? Most of what you're going to learn, other than your private time with God, when you're reading your word and studying and praying, but a lot of times it's going to come when the preacher's going to speak a word. To ignore that very word. And not, listen, there's a lot of people supposed to be here tonight. You know? They could be listening to the most valuable message, not me, <laughs> but the word. Paul said, how shall they know without a preacher? Man, man, <laughs> how shall they know without a preacher? We need to come to church. Exhorting one another, encouraging one another. That we can build one another up. Are we, in the last days we're living right now, the most important person in your life is going to be one another. Because there's going to come a time when it's going to get hard. And you're going to need a brother or a sister to take you by the hand and pray with you. Somebody to encourage you, Kevin. Somebody that can take you and say, Jesus is going to, we're going to make it. God said if we trust him with all our heart, don't lean to our own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. Years ago, I used to sing that song. And when I sang tonight, I ain't singing it in a long time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He shall direct. He shall direct your path. What a wonderful verse, man. You can find it in Proverbs. I want to say chapter 6. Well, God is speaking. You need to stop trusting in your own ways. Stop trusting in your own thoughts. Stop trusting in your own plan. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the grace and power of God. Trust in the mercy of God. God will take care of you. You're his child. You're his child. You're not just anybody. 
He didn't give this promise to the world. The world don't want it. He gives it to you. And when did you, when did you hear about it? In church. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I might not be the most graceful preacher. I'm not eloquent in my speech. But you know what? I believe I have a word from the Lord. And I believe that word is there to build you up. And if vice versa, you tell me something, Brother Lenny, I'm praying for God to give me this word for you. I'll take it, hallelujah. If it's coming from the Lord, I want it. Even if it hurts. <laughs> Come on, somebody. All right. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 16 real quick. God's a good God. You know, no, Wednesday night is kind of almost like a little Bible study. <laughs> you know, I get all some time into preaching, man. I tell you what, the other day was having service, and I was just talking about the coming of the Lord. There's coming a day when there's not going to be any pain in, 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 in life anymore. There will be no sickness. There will be no disease. There will be no heartache. There will be no suffering. Jesus is coming to take us home. <laughs> you know what? When I think about that, that makes me excited. Amen. See, the world can't, don't have that. Come on, somebody. For years, I've heard my brother Mike and Brother Kuhn and all those that led this church talk about the coming of the Lord. How many times I've stood right where you're at as a young Christian. Jesus is coming back. <laughs> the rapture is going to happen. We're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be. Man, that ought to make you excited, man. It makes me excited just thinking about it. I'm not going to live forever on this planet. I'm going to go to meet the Lord in the air. And I'll come back and I'll rule and reign with him. That's what the Bible teaches. Oh, you just interpreting. No, that's what Jesus said. Paul said it. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and then which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. He said, exhort each other with these words. Encourage each other with daily. When you've got a brother or sister that's down, Jesus is coming. <laughs> He's coming. Look, just hold on. Don't let the devil steal what God has for you. Amen. Come on, somebody. Don't let the devil rob your joy of the coming of the Lord. That ought to excite you, praise God. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Jesus, I, you know what I learned that in church? <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I learned it in church. Hallelujah. And it's still part of my spirit 30-some years later. <laughs> Listen, I thank God for this place. I'll, listen, this is where a lot of the foundations of me and my wife and my children started. That's why I love it so much. That's why I want to do my very best to serve this place and serve the people. Because I know what I got from this place. I asked my wife, I'm not lying to you, I know what I got from this place. That passion, that love, that understanding of, of who Jesus was. I didn't get it from some big televangelist. <laughs> I didn't get it from some big prophet. <laughs> Got it from the preacher of this fellowship. Because I came to church. <laughs> Amen. 
Lord, that's what we're going to call this message. Come to church. <laughs> you might see a healing today. You might be delivered of something you've been bound up for years. Somebody might get healed. Come on, somebody. Life might, listen, the, the Lord poured out his spirit. Well, we got seven, eight in here. He can do it with seven or eight. He used 12 to turn the world upside down on the day of Pentecost. Remember? God don't need a whole lot. But something about fire, it always draws. You know, so you hear a fire engine coming down the street. I mean, everybody in his grandma is going to see whose house is burning. <laughs> They're going to come here. They're going to want to know what these people got. Hallelujah. Why, 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 why are they not defeated like everybody else? Why are they not depressed like everybody else? Why are they not, not destroyed like everybody else? Because they go to church. <laughs> come on, somebody. Listen, I feel it, man. Listen, they go to church not because the building is the thing. It's that God's word is there. They made a promise to the Lord they was going to serve him with all their heart. Now, they're reaping the benefits of it. Let me give you my own testimony. My wife is here, and she'll tell you, because we, we got married at 18. I was only 18 years old. And she was 17. And I'm not lying to you. I'm tell, if we wouldn't have came to this church, come on, Holy Ghost. If we wouldn't have came here, there would be no marriage. Come on. It's not because of the building. It's because of the Spirit of God. Come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost coming all over me. It's because of the Spirit of God. And it changed our lives, Sister Kathy. We got out from this place. And we decided that was right, what they said. And young Christians couldn't hardly quote a Bible verse. But yet something happened inside. Something stirred inside. And I'm not lying to you, she'll tell you the very same thing. We grew in the Lord because of we, come, we came to church. Come on, somebody. And I'm wanting more to see people come to church. Sunday's been pretty good, but I want people to draw back to God. Not, not to me, praise God. The problem, I'm, gonna I'm telling you what, I, what happened to me. I can only preach a testimony that I got. When God spoke to our hearts and we came to church, our marriage was saved. There would be no Isaac or Hannah or, or Boogie because we wouldn't, wouldn't have stayed married. Because the preacher said, you cannot divorce. Or the preacher said, you're married to one wife. Because somebody taught us to, 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 to come and to receive God's word. It changed our life. Does this make sense to you? Amen? Uh, let me read this verse, and I'm not going to keep it too much long. I could preach on this all night. Uh, listen, listen I, I'm a testimony to coming to church, okay? I am. 
Because to come to church is to receive of the Lord what he has. Every message that the Holy Spirit is speaking has changed me and my wife's life. We've been married one time. No, we remarried each other again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Rededicated. <laughs> but how many times, what would our life be if it wouldn't have been for this place? Come on. I'm not bashful. What would our life be if there wouldn't have been a preacher in our lives? I didn't know nothing. I just knew I had to serve God. I didn't know. I mean, I was like a baby. I could barely quote a verse. Because the preacher, the pastor, the teacher gave me the word of God. Let me read this to you. Praise God. What I said, chapter 10, verse, no, no, uh, chapter 16, I'm sorry, verse 18. I like what the Lord said in this verse. The Lord asked the disciples, Who do men say that I am? <laughs> Excuse me. Some say, well, you're Elijah. Some say John the Baptist, one of the old prophets. No, he said, who do you say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of God. And Peter gave a testimony to who Jesus was. This was the same God that denied him three times. But he knew better. And Jesus said here in a Verses 18, where it says, And I say it to you, talking about Peter, but not, not, not the, the people say, Well, Peter was the first pope. No, he wasn't. There was no Catholic church. If the Catholic church didn't start maybe, I don't know, two, three hundred years later with Constantine. But Peter, he said, Peter, I say unto you, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now, he's not talking about Peter. He's talking about his faith. What did Peter testify of? You're the son of God. And listen, the, the, the presence of the Lord was there to teach Peter something and teach the other disciples that I am this rock from which you stand. And he goes on and he says it like this. I'm going a little slow, but I want you to get it. You are Peter. And upon this rock, on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus is saying, I'm establishing my church. And when the trials and tests come against it, all hell can come against it. It will stand. Because why? It's God's church. <laughs> Come on, somebody. This is not my church or your church. This is God's church. Not necessarily the building, as I'm saying. The faith, us believers, we're part of a body. And the gates of hell can, listen, I'm going to say it again. The gates of hell, if you hold this doctrine that Jesus placed before Peter, the gates of hell cannot prevail against you because you're part of the church. 
You're part of the body. And the body is joined, fitly tightened together. I might be an arm, you might be a leg. Somebody might be an eye, somebody might be an ear. You know what I'm saying? You're part of that, that body that Jesus sets up. Hell is running all over our country today. There's nobody stopping it. There's nobody can stand against it. You know why? Because there's no, no Holy Ghost. Even in the churches today, people have pushed the Holy Ghost out the door. They won't even mention it. They won't mention the power of God. They, 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 they explain all of this away. No power, no faith, no. Listen, it's almost like you can go to church without any faith. Because if you don't have to believe God for miracles, then it don't, it don't take no work to be a Christian. You get where I'm from? from? Faith takes work. Come on, Holy Ghost. Faith takes exercise in what you believe. But if you go to a church that's all, God done away with all that. You don't have to worry about that healing and hell and all that other stuff, sin. You don't have to worry about What do you used to go in the church for? Because you're un, in unbelief. Because if you can't believe God for a miracle, if you can't believe God for his power to operate and manifest, then it's unbelief. You're just telling me I don't got time to believe God. I'll just take what the preacher says. No, don't take what the preacher says. You better take what the word says. If the preacher is preaching from the word, then it's right. If he's not preaching from the word, it's not right. I thank God. Most of my Christian walk in this fellowship was preached right. Me and my wife still hold to the doctrines that were taught here. A lot of it. 99.9. I'll be honest with you. I still get angry at sin. I still get angry at false religion. I still get angry when people lie to Christians. Trying to pull them away from the word of God. The gates of hell will not prevail against God's church. Somebody hear me tonight? No matter what comes against it. Listen, there are Christians that had died. Persecuted. Burned alive. Cut into... Cut it into pieces by evil men, burning the stake, thrown to beasts and lions. And I mean, all through his, even now, there's more Christians being killed right now in this way. You won't hear nothing about it, see, because it's the church. See, the devil wants to kill Christians. So he keeps his, his people quiet. Don't look for the government to give you the spiritual answer you need. <laughs> Come on, look to the word. Don't look to society, because society is all messed up. Don't look, listen, look to, to Hollywood, because they're all messed up. Come on, somebody. Who it was? Britney Spears? Stayed married nine hours. Whoa, what an example for all young women in this, this country, huh? Not even a day. Some stay mar married, they, 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 they married 15 times before they die. <laughs> Come on, I, I was watching uh, one of those, I think it was Charlton Heston. I think he's one of them that stayed married to his wife all his life. And, and Hollywood said, thought he was strange because he kept one wife. <laughs> they don't have the answer. False religion doesn't have the answer. False religion makes excuses and they deny the power of God. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I've... I've, I've I've read this stuff. I've dealt with it. I've watched it through my walk with God. You know what false religion is? It's, it's a way to preach the power of God out of the church. You better fear God. 
I'm talking about a good, holy reverence and fear of God because they didn't preach the fear of God out of the church. Most people that go to church don't have a, an idea what the fear of God is. They don't have the idea what judgment is. They don't have no idea what sin is. Only go to church and the preacher tells you how, how, how you're really good. How you're not really a bad guy. One of those preachers in Texas, <laughs> he stood up and said, you know, at least 90, 90-something percent, 90-something percent of the world is good. Oh, I said, go tell them Christians where that's been beheaded by the Muslims that 99% of the world is good. Yeah. Go tell the ones that are being killed and slaughtered by evil men and evil women that the world is good. Tell them little babies that have been aborted over 60 million right now, the world is good. That preacher needs to get saved. 90-some percent, he said, uh, basically, are, uh, the world is good. Oh, my God. Where's, where's his head at? Where has he been sleeping? No, it ain't good. The Bible says in the last days, it'd be like in the taste of Noah. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving into the day that Noah entered the ark. God had to destroy the human race in the days of Noah. And saved only Noah, the preacher of righteousness, and his wife and his sons and daughters, his daughter-in-laws. Eight people out of possibly millions of people that were on the earth at the time couldn't find one. Noah and his family believed God. They were corrupted. It even Bible even says God repented or regretted he even made a man on the earth. I didn't write that. The Bible says that. It gotten so bad. But Jesus said it would be like in the days of Noah. Before he'd come back. Men had corrupted themselves on the earth. They'd been perverted. Listen, I can't watch TV no more. I'm serious. I'm about 99% finished with television. You know? Because I can't sit there and watch the debauchery. And the blaspheming over television anymore. It's, it's not even, in, listen, I, I like to watch Andy Griffin. But really, I can't sit down and watch all that junk that he's putting out there. It's just sickening. And that's just me, okay? If you watch TV, that's, that's you and God. But for me, I'm getting so uncomfortable, it's unreal. Because I'm starting to see <laughs> what I heard in church. <laughs> Come on. And I saw it, man. I, I, listen, you, you wonder why you, we, have to, we had to separate ourselves from people, sometimes even family, because they were so corrupt. You didn't want your children to get affected by the sin of the, the world. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying you can't isolate yourself. You got to go places. I mean, you got to Walmart. You got a job. You gotta, that's not what I'm talking about, y'all, seriously. But there's a time we're going to have to start noticing what is sin. How do I know what sin is? The word says it, and the preacher told me. <laughs> I came to church. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? That's all I learned. That's why I'm up here today. Because what I was preached to and taught by God's men. And I could have some good ones, man. I'll tell you what, I good men of God. And I would, I would. They were alive today, I'd be gladly to sit under them because they, I knew they loved God. And the convictions that they had, I could see it, I could read it, even as a young Christian. And I picked up a lot of it. And I still got it. Now, I don't plan on getting rid of it. But it was, they, they, these men, were, they, they were just old-timers, man. They were uh, fuddy-duddies. Uh, they were bounding us up. 
I'm going to be honest with you. Seriously? I sat in this, this ministry here. I've never felt bound once. I'm not lying. Ask my wife. Matter of fact, I felt more freer because I learned what God expected of me. Okay? Not one time did I ever feel bound up. Never. I'm being honest with you. I'm just, and that's just me and my wife talk. I've heard people say, well, they just bound you up at that church. No, I never felt bound up once. Not at all. Not at all. And there was some strict stuff that was taught in this fellowship. Things that showed you that things that were of sin and of idolatry and paganism and all that stuff. Didn't bother me once. Not once. Oh, when I first started off, I didn't understand it, okay? But the preacher had to explain it to me. I had to come to church. <laughs> right, Bible studies and things we learned. I'm, and, and, and am I saying that? I am a product of this church. Paul said it. My, you are my epistles written in your heart. Well, Paul's saying, you are the ones. I, in other words, my, my epistles are on you. It says, I wrote, my, I wrote to you. I taught you the word of God. Now, now you're a living epistle. And that's just how I feel. I really do. But I came to church. Amen? Can I read you one more verse? And I promise that's going to be it. <laughs> if you would turn to me to Psalms. 133, verse 1, and that's going to be it. What is pleasing to the Lord? What is pleasing to the Lord? It says in this verse right here. Let me let you turn because I want you to read it with me, okay? The Bible says that we're the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its flavor... Or King James says, savor. If the salt has is, is lost its flavor, it's good for nothing. You can't put it on your food. You can't season nothing with it. All it's good is to trample on it. Uh, you ever ate food that wasn't seasoned? Don't tell me. <laughs> Listen, it don't taste very good. You know, if I, if I was telling you, man... I'm a, we're going to prepare biscuits today. And I go to you and says, uh, this is some flour. Eat it. <laughs> or cooking oil. Eat it. Or milk. Or whatever. I don't know what it takes. I guess cooking oil, milk, whatever. But what if we put it all together? <laughs> Ooh, good biscuit with some hot butter, man. <laughs> Look out and get out of the way. You got to put them together to make it work, right? Somebody listening to me? You got to put it together to make it work. God has to put us together to make it work. Because it says here, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. All those ingredients I just explained, they got to come together as one biscuit, right? They taste nasty without separate from each other. You're not going to just eat flour. You're not going to just eat grease. You're not going to just eat 
whatever it takes to make biscuits, you're going you're gonna to put them together. So they can, they can be working together to give the flavor that it needs to enjoy itself, for you to enjoy. We need to come together in unity. It's pleas- it, is a, it is a blessing. It's pleasant when the church comes together. To do what? To love one another. Work with one another. Unite with one another. Take all of those different little things we have in our lives. One might have a good attitude. One might have a joyful spirit. One might have a faithful spirit. One might, you, know, you get what I'm saying? One might have a, you'll have a word from them. And we come and we put that all together and we make some biscuits. <laughs> we come to church. <laughs> You're not going to get that anywhere else. You're not going to get it anywhere else, Kevin. You go to a barroom, what you got? Drunkenness and reviling and fighting and, and they're out of unity. They're angry. They're, 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 they're drinking their sorrows away. They're miserable. That's why they're there. But if we come together and we put all our, our good things together, what we have in the Lord together, I might be going through a time of doubt, and you, you might have a word of faith for me. You might have a word of encouragement. You might have a word of, word of joy for me, a promise from the Lord. And, and, I, and, you might, and I, we put ourselves together, and we have biscuits. <laughs> hey, does it make sense? Everybody in this church is important to God, and everybody that's not here is important to God. There's some ingredients missing. Five biscuits this morning, tonight. Okay. Matthew 5, verse 6, and that's it, I promise. I should have, I should have not told you. I learned that from a preacher. Give one and say, one more verse, and he, he reads about 15. And <laughs> that's all right. This is from the Sermon on the Mount. You know, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And it goes on and on. But uh, verse uh, 6 says this, and I'm going to close seriously with this verse. Blessed are those who do what? Verse 6, who hunger and, and, and are thirsty for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Let me ask you a question. Are you hungry? For the things of God? Are you thirsty? For the things of God? And you know what? If there's no hunger. And there's no thirst. Something's wrong. If there's no passion. For, to, know, to, to eat God's word. And to, to drink his word. How many of you guys ever got really hungry? Listen, I fast one meal and I, and I can't wait for supper. <laughs> but the reaction is that something's missing when you get hungry, right? Listen, a few years ago I was in my dump truck. And I was in a pond. They were digging a pond. It was hot, dusty. Billy Levis. 
And all I had to eat that day was dust. And the water, I got so thirsty. I got my, my, my body started craving water. I thought I was dying. Listen, I had to find some water, put it on my neck. And my wife would tell you, I couldn't eat nothing for two weeks hardly. I lost 30 pounds because the lack of water and the lack of food had dried my body out. I never had that happen in my life. I tried to go eat out. I couldn't, my wife would tell you, I just nibbled a little bit and, and there, was, there was something wrong. The lack of water and the lack of food I mean, wasn't there because I had got dry <laughs> and I got dehydrated. How many of you spiritually dehydrated? Huh? How many feel that sometimes like you, 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 you're dry and you, and, you, and you don't have the taste for nothing of God? I was joking, Sister Madeline, Yvette's mama. She was over here one Sunday morning. Sunday morning. <laughs> I said, man, I said, what we need is some good old spiritual castor oil. <laughs> I said, look, that stuff will, look, will flush you out. We need to get the junk out of our lives. We need to get the, the, the junk out of our body, the spirit. And you know what? It's, it's like that when we, when, when we don't drink and we get dry. The desire for God is not there no more. The passion for the word is not there. When that happens in my life, I'll be honest, I, I worry. Because I can't blame nobody. It's only me. I got, I got to look at me. Why? Listen, there's things I'm talking about, God, that excites the hell out of me. <laughs> I'm just excited about the coming of the Lord. I'm just excited about what God's going to do. And I'm just excited what he's going to do here. But... Let's just pretend for a minute. I'm, you know, Sunday morning, I said, I'm going to preach a dry sermon, okay? And I say, well, hello, everybody. Uh, God loves you. Uh, you doing all right? Uh, it's good to see you in church. Uh, don't look for no miracles in the night. We don't believe that today. And don't, uh, don't expect God to, you know, like the fanatics jump around and dance and sing and just sit there, and I'll tell you a little bit about God, and you can go home. <laughs> I'm discouraging myself. <laughs> I'm discouraging myself. Over oh, God help me. <laughs> but then you know what? As long as everybody's a little happy, and can keep their little things here, little pet peeves, sins here, and then I'm all right. I'll just tell a little bit about God, that Jesus loves you, and everything. And listen, I'd run out of this church if I get like that. Go find your place. Go look. <laughs> Because that's not what God wants. How, how am I going to share the passion of Christ with you if I don't have it? I, if I, I'm going to share the hunger of God with you if I don't have it. I'm not doing a job here. This is a calling. It's a ministry. Listen, if I want a job, I can get a good job somewhere. You know but this is not a job. And I'll be honest with you, and I, and I made my mind up just lately. This is my life. If God wants me here till I die, she said, Kathy, that's what I'm going to do. Seriously, I'm, I mean, we're getting a little older, me and my wife, and, you know, maybe in three years, talk about social <laughs> And 
I want to I focus on this very building, this ministry. And I made my mind up uh, that I'm, I want to focus on preaching the gospel. And I've got it, that desire because I came to church. All right? I saw it in men that today I respect highly. And know what? And I'm not telling you I haven't went through dry spells. I have. You know, I talked about it, and I'm fixing to close. Sometimes I felt like my fate was like this. You ever saw them old westerns? You know, when you see those old ghost towns and you see them tumbling weeds. There's a bank there, but there's no money. <laughs> Come on, somebody. They got hotels, they got everything, but there's no activity. And I said, Lord, sometimes I feel like that. It's not wrong, nothing wrong with God, it's me. I see the bank, but uh, there's nothing there. <laughs> I, see, I see everything else. But just because it has a, a name on it, it doesn't mean it's got something in it. I don't want to live like I, I, Listen, I'm miserable when I feel like that. My faith is real. God's bank is full. And God has a resting place called heavenly hotels where you can find peace with him. That's, that's the way I want to live my life. And that's just me. Okay? I have a passion for, for this place and this ministry. I have a passion for you. I have a passion for me. I, want to, I, want, I got to have that, that hunger, y'all. I got to have it. If I don't have it, then I'm not going to do you any good. If you don't have it, you're not going to do me any good. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up and praise God. I think this is the word of the Lord. I think it's the spirit of the Lord. Amen? I thank God for what he's done. Remember, if you're leaving anything, if I'm going to get anything from God, come to church. Not that the church is the, the thing. It's the word. Because you're not going to hear... What you heard tonight in the honky-tonks. You're not going to hear it at places you go sometime. You're not going to hear it on your job unless you bring it up. You're not going to hear it because God's word speaks through his church. Okay? And believe me, I don't have to lie to you. People that know me in this church know that me, we, we've, we've, me and my wife has been here. Of course, we left for a little while, but we're back. But never, it's, it's remembering. We always quoted to other people what we heard here. I caught my boys the other night on their program, quoting Brother Mike, Sister Kathy, <laughs> remembering what Brother Mike told them. Because they were in church. They came to church. They heard the Word of God. And that, that excites me, because now they're, they're teaching the Bible. They're, they have the podcast. You ought to hear them. You ever went and listen to the boys? They're enjoying that, y'all. He did, you can hear it. They're enjoying themselves. It's not boring. Because they bring the Lloyd's part of it. He's the, he's the producer, whatever you call it. And they bring the word of God alive. I've heard it this morning. With, they were talking about the science, the, the science before Jesus would come back. It was good. They talk about a lot of things. But it's because... They came to church.
And they heard the gospel, and it was in this little building. And I thank God for it. I thank God they're out there, they're trying to teach the gospel. And, and, and they're going to be preachers, Kevin. <laughs> My boy Boogie's done wrote two books already. Two of them on spiritual warfare. You know why he learned that? Came to church. Come on, somebody. Came to church. Isaac's teaching on their little podcast. I like it. I think, I think they got over, I don't know, I'm at over thousands of listeners right now. I said, man, all over the world are listening to them. The other day, one guy called in. He was a Catholic. And he, they were talking about Mary and about trying to earn your salvation. This guy got on. He was a nice little fella. He didn't, they weren't disrespectful to him. And Boogie started explaining to him, just a Catholic, about you only saved through faith in Jesus Christ, not of works. Let's say. And for five minutes, Boogie was speaking, and he said, and he convinced him in five minutes. Now he's one of the most faithful listeners to their little program. You know what I'm talking about, little, little, little fella. Uh, Felipe from somewhere. Colorado. Colorado. And Boogie convinced him in just five minutes. <laughs> And I thank God for that. that. was a testimony. You know where he got that from? Came to church. Now they, they, I find them in my house. And they, they got their little studio on the side of the trailer next to my house. And they're studying the Bible, man. Hey, listen. They, <laughs> I caught Isaac just after he works for me now. And we got a little slow this after. He's just sitting there in his Bible, studying his Bible. And they want to do something for God. And I thank God for that. Amen. Are they perfect? No. Am I perfect? No. But thank God we came to church. Huh? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for tonight. I thank you for your spirit, Father God, that's here. And I pray, God, that you could let the Holy Ghost have its way tonight. To teach us, to show us. Be with us, Lord God. Help us as we come to church, that we lead others to come to church, to hear the word. We thank you and praise you all.